Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys today. It is Saturday morning. There's college football going. It's incredible. But we got to get this show done, baby. This is the flagship program of the 49ers Rush podcast. We've been doing this a long time. I love diving into these matchups. And it's even more fun when it's a divisional game. And there are so many narratives that you could kind of jump on to make this game even more exciting. We're going to detail all of those. Divisional games are everything in the NFL. You win your division, everything from there on out goes great. Ticket to the playoffs, check. Whatever it is you want to do, you got to win your division first. So the 49ers got the Cardinals this week, week four, and I'm excited, man. I want to say thank you to all the hashtag CC countdown crew showing up. Look at BEM. Tell them. Don't forget to hit that like button. Free way to support the show. Help us out, whether you're watching live or you're watching after the fact. Uh, it just helps us. And for all you guys that are, you know, covering um, the podcast platform and listening to this after the fact, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you guys are everything. Really do appreciate and so thankful that I get to do this. Now, Oh, look at this. Michael says it's my birthday, and all I want is <laughs> Jerry Beats. Let's go. That's what's up, man. Uh, but happy birthday. That is incredible. So let's talk. The 49ers are 3-0 and going into this game. Two early season road games to start it off. You had your home opener last week on Thursday Night Football. Took care of business. Cardinals, a little bit of a different story. They're 1-2, and two, but if you listen to any of the 49ers press conferences this week, you heard Steve Wilkes, you heard the players, you heard Kyle Shanahan, you heard uh, Brian Schneider, the special teams guy, all saying Cardinals very easily could be 3-0. and Now, they haven't really played. They lost to the Commanders, not a good football team. They lost to the Giants, not a good football team. They beat the Cowboys at home. I do think Cowboys are a good football team, but they were able to exploit some very weakness, soft tendencies in the Dallas Cowboys that the Dallas Cowboys tend to always have. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But make no mistake, the 49ers are 14-point favorites. 14 points. The largest spread this week across the entire NFL. In fact, it's five points bigger than any other matchup this week. So the poll question that I put on YouTube, which I'm excited to see, where we're going to keep this one live and we'll keep updating it. Uh, the question was very simple. Will the 49ers cover the 14 spread versus the Cardinals? They have to beat them by more than two touchdowns. 75% currently say yes, 22% no, 3% said they will win by exactly 
14 points or two touchdowns. So if you haven't voted in that, go get there. We'll update that at the end of the show just to see how it goes as we get some more votes in there. Now, if you want to know the difference between these two franchises, let me just update it with this. And shout out to the man, Coach Cruz, um, doing research for today's show and all of our scouting reports. He's the freaking man. Excited to hang out with you and the fam tomorrow at the tailgate. Going to be a blast, Coach. Uh, now, the Cardinals, I don't know if you guys saw this storyline. The Cardinals team store did not even have jerseys for their starting quarterback. So if a fan wanted to support the, the Cardinals and their starting quarterback, Josh Dobbs, who's been great, couldn't even buy the jersey. In fact, they still don't have them. You have to go in and do a custom jersey order just to get your starting quarterback's jersey. That is ridiculous. And I think it's kind of a little bit of a testament to this team. You traded for a guy. They didn't play Michael Bidwell's trash. We know that. It's a personal game. They took not one, not two, but three players off of our roster. Quantrez Knight, you know I love him. Il Manning, the amazing preseason standout. And Keith Ishmael, um, who what I would argue would have been our number four interior offensive lineman. But uh, we lost it. You got Wilkes in the lawsuit. You got Gannon just being Gannon. Ah, divisional game. They just beat the Cowboys. Holy freaking cow. Whatever narratives you want to spin about. Yeah, again, we just talked about the 14-point spread. And it's the largest in the NFL. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. These two teams hate each other. Jonathan Gannon. Ugh, ugh. And I want to bookend this show. <laughs> with, with I think it's just the funniest clip ever. Again, if you listened last uh, to the last show, this was on there. Quick 10-second clip. This is Jonathan Gannon meeting wide receiver Rondale Moore for the first time. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Good. Shots. Explosives. Explosives. You can run. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll just. I'm just saying that, you know. Might be my new ringtone. I don't have a ringtone. I don't know anybody that keeps their phone not on silent, but whatever. I know there's lots of sociopaths out there, but um, golly, I, I just want to ingrain you with what you're up against. Now, the Cardinals are a great coach team. There's no doubt about that. Going from Cliff Kingsbury, who wasn't cringe and was handsome and dating supermodels and awesome house. He was, yeah, I get that, but, man, he was a terrible coach. His team was never put, you can go back to college, he was a terrible coach. Uh, might be a good quarterback's coach, I don't know, we'll see. But terrible coach team, they're not terribly coached anymore. They're not. Oh, what's up, Jax? What's up, appreciate the super chat. She says, hey, John, have a great show. So much appreciated. Um, it means a lot. It means a lot. Now, they're a good coach team. Make no mistake about it. They're one and two. Okay, that's terrible. They're 4-13 and 13 in their last, you know, if you look all the way at last season and this year. Like, they were bad last year. They are bad this year. They're, if you look at the just playoff standings, which I know it's early, but it gives you a reference. The 49ers are first in the NFC. There's 16 teams. Arizona Cardinals are 13th. There's only three teams that are behind them, and they're all the winless teams of the NFC. They're dead last of the one and two teams uh, with what they've done, with the losses that they've had to the commanders and the Giants. Like, they're not a good team. Now, we look at just some easy points scored, points allowed, okay? The most basic metric in all of football. 
Score more points than the other team you win. It's simple, right? They're 12th in points scored, which is pretty good. They're above average. 16 is average. They're slightly above that. They're averaging 24 points per game. Defensively, they're tied 16th. They are exactly average. They're allowing 22.3 points per game. So you can see they are the definition of an average football team. And that means those games against bad teams like the Giants, or the Commanders. Maybe the Commanders are good. We don't know yet. I don't think that they are. But they're losing these close battles to these subpar teams. They're average. That's what they are. Now we look at the 49ers. They're 3-0. and Third out of 32 teams points scored. 30 points a game. Fifth and points allowed. 14 points a game. 49ers have won eight straight division games. Cardinals haven't played a divisional game yet. They've only played against the NFC East. Their last two divisional games were against us, which is crazy. Um, obviously, they got blown out both times by way more than 14 points. It's a new coaching staff. It's a new team. I understand all those things. Now, if we step back and just look at the PFF rankings of each unit so far through three games, small snapshot, I understand that. The Cardinals, overall, they're 22nd out of 32 teams, bottom half of the league. Offensively, they're 20th out of 32nd. Bottom half of the league. Defense, they're 23rd. Bottom half of the league. Special teams, 24th. Bottom half. 49ers, second overall. Fifth on offense. Number one defense. 20th on special teams, which a lot of people will say, myself included, the 49ers special teams is the biggest weakness of the 49ers. But even if you look at our biggest flaw, 20th out of 32 in special teams, it's better than them. 24th out of special teams. So where do you find an advantage? And, you know, whenever I'm going through and I make all my predictions and bets of the week and all this stuff, I'm constantly fighting with this issue. What has to happen for the Cardinals to win this game? You ask the opposite question. How, what do the 49ers have to do to win this game? That's pretty damn simple. Man, you start asking, what do the Cardinals have to do to win this game? And then you watch the Dallas game last week, and it's just like, okay, the things that worked for them last week – that's our biggest strength this week. We'll dive into that offensively and defensively. Now let's get to know these guys just a little bit more. Jonathan Gannon is their head coach. Uh, this probably, I, I enjoy this, just learning about coaches and their career paths, how they got where they are, all these different things. Um, you know, Jonathan Gannon, he was interesting. He was, a, he was a GA, student assistant, graduate assistant, whatever you want to call him, with Louisville for three years back in 2003 to 2005. Um, he was a student assistant. Then he was a grad assistant the next year. Then he jumped on to the quality control for the Atlanta Falcons. Tennessee Titans, he was their quality control coach for two years, 2012-2013. Um, finally got his first assistant coaching job where he was assistant DB's coach for three years with the Vikings. Then he was with the Colts as the DB coach. Then he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles for uh, three years, 2021 through 2023. Had a lot of success there. Then he parlayed that into the head coaching job for the Cardinals. But you're talking about a guy who literally was a position coach for three years. That's it. That's it with the Colts. Then he went to D.C. Now he's head coach. And the product that he puts on tape, it's solid. Like, like he's a good coach. He's not, you know, somebody that, you know, whatever. Now, here we go. I, I'll play this. I was going to play this later, but I think it makes sense. Kyle Shanahan was asked 
about Jonathan Gannon and this defense and what it's like going from the Eagles last year to what we have now. And I, I think Kyle said it well. It's real similar because it's the scheme he runs, you know, just the fronts and the coverages. And, um, you know, he had such a sound, good um, scheme at Philly, and that's what it's been so far in these um, three games. So um, we'll see on tendencies and stuff how that changes up. It's still early in the year, how he's going to use his personnel and stuff like that. But you can still see he's doing what he does, and it's a, it's a very Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Going through the film, most of my takeaways were just how bad the Cowboys were. But going through the field, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. And we'll dive into the tendencies, you know, their coverage schemes, their fronts, all those blitz packages, all that stuff. We'll cover that a little bit more in detail later in this episode, but I want to continue to get to know this coaching staff, their offensive coordinator, um, Drew Petsing. Interesting guy started off at Harvard, uh, was a student assistant. So, you know, he's smart as hell. Um, Boston College was a GA, went to Yale as a linebacker's coach. Then he got his first break into the NFL um, in 2013 with the Cleveland Browns. Football operations intern. He was with the Vikings as an offensive assistant. This is a Kubiak scheme. So, yeah, we know Kubiak, right? The Kubiak, Shanahan, mind meld, whatever. He's part of that. So he was with the Vikings for a long time. Um, he got promoted up, started in 2014 as an offensive assistant, then assistant wide receivers coach, then assistant quarterbacks coach, then wide receivers coach. He was there for six years, just kept getting bumped up. Jumped over to Cleveland in 2020, was there for two years as tight end coach. Tight end coaches are, I, I respect them so much. You know, and I always used to tell guys, if you can coach tight end, you can coach anything on offense. That's just the way it is because you got to know all the run game, got to know all the pass game, got to know all the protections, all the route trees. You got to know everything. Tight ends, running back was easiest. Wide receivers next. Then you got O-line. Then you got tight ends and quarterbacks. That's a whole different path, but I respect tight ends coaches big time. Then he got promoted to the quarterbacks coach with the Browns all the way to his very first OC job this year. 
not doing so bad. Um, and, you know, as, as we dive into the offense, which we will hear in a second, I really do think that it's not a complex offense really at all. It's really, really simple. You traded for Josh Dobbs two weeks before the season started. He stepped in and he's done really, really well. It's it's just it's a chill, simplified offense. They do a few things well, and that's just they're going to be their bread and butter. They're not confusing people. That's for dang sure. There's not much to be confused about. Um, now, the last of their coaching staff we're going to talk about, definitely the newest on the scene. Their defensive coordinator, Nick Rallis, R-A-L-L-I-S, a name not very well known. But, man, this kid has ascended quick. He was a quality control coach at Wake Forest 2017. That was his first coaching gig. Now he's a DC in the NFL. He went to the Vikings, was with a lot of this staff, in 2018, defensive quality control coach. Then he goes to the Eagles as a linebacker coach for two years. Now he's a DC. This dude has coached for two years positionally, and now he's a DC. So hat tip to him. He freaking shot up through those ranks. Defense is playing well. They don't have a lot of, how do I say this, talent? <laughs> like, I went through their whole roster. And I was like, okay, who is somebody on the Cardinals defense that would start for us? I could not find one player. Kaiser White's probably their best player, their linebacker. There's no way in hell he's starting over Greenlaw or Warner. John uh, Ledbetter, their defensive end's really, really good, but they run a 3-4, so he'd be a DT for us. He's not even playing this game. He's their best defensive player, I think, and he's out with injuries. Um, Buda Baker, that dude's incredible. He's on IR. Uh, Josh Woods, who's their number three linebacker, he's out. Chris Barnes, their number two linebacker, who's had a good year so far. He's questionable with the finger issue. I assume he's playing. Marquise Brown, wide receiver, he's questionable with a thumb issue. I assume he's playing, but wide receiver with a hand issue, not ideal. Keontae Ingram, their backup running back, neck issue, questionable. And Paris Johnson Jr., their first-round pick, tackle, ankle, questionable. Not what you want to hear from your starting right tackle about to go up against Nick Bosa. 49ers got injuries as well. I used cleared, good to go. Ambry Thomas, he seems good to go. Debo, I don't know. That knee issue, it's a coin flip to me. He's questionable. Drake Greenlaw's good. Juwan Jennings looks like he is not going to play. So here we are week four, and Elijah Mitchell, I got to talk about him. He got injured in practice. Not going to be going, I don't believe. Uh, I just I just don't see pushing that whenever you have so much quality running back depth behind uh, Christian McCaffrey. We'll see. We'll see. Bro Montana, thank you so much, man. Appreciate the super chat. Don't know why Gannon gives me Mr. Burns vibes. Ooh, that's good. As Fred Warner says, got to hit them hard first. There's no doubt about that. The pain is a coming. Uh, that's what it is. Josh, he says, they run a very basic offense. Yeah, it's simple. They don't want to make mistakes, and they just want to stay a little bit ahead. Uh, it, it's, it's what it is. So... Let's talk briefly about the history of this matchup. This is, I was very shocked about this. 49ers lead the series, obviously, but it's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. 34 to 29. We only have a five game lead on the Cardinals. Um, and a big reason why is from the hardball era to where we are now, Shanahan, man, we struggled against the Cardinals during that stretch. We're five and 11 since 2015. So, they gained a lot of ground. They kind of cut the lead in half 
during, you know, the Chip Kelly years and all that stuff. So uh, the dark period, the dark ages of 49ers. But we were still faithful. We, we were still there. That's what's up. Last matchup against these two teams was week 18. I mean, this was last week of the regular season. We won 38 to 13. It was all backups. Uh, David Blau and Trace McSorley were their quarterbacks. Mitchell had two touchdowns. Kittle had two touchdowns. Gip had two interceptions. It was just, it was a mess. It was a trash game. But when we played them earlier in the year, we still blew them out 30 to like 10. And that was the Mexico City game, which was probably Jimmy Garoppolo's best game of the freaking year. Uh, maybe the, the Saints game was awesome, but that Mexico City game, Jimmy G went off. And he's gone now. Cardinals have lost players, too. They didn't really add anybody in free agency. They brought over Kayvon Wallace from Philly to be the safety and kind of, you know, their stay over to help teach the new scheme. This is not a very good player. He's number two, number three safety. They lost Byron Murphy, one of the better slot corners in the NFL. They lost Zach Allen, one of the better defensive ends in the NFL. J.J. Watt retired. We know about that with the injury and all that stuff a few years ago. Not very good. Um, now, their draft class, they're using their draft class well. And I thought they had a great draft. I was really upset by it. Paris Johnson Jr., he's starting. B.J. Ojolari's rotating in um, as a pass rusher. Garrett Williams really hasn't done much. Michael Wilson, third-round wide receiver out of Stanford. He's played really, really well. He's got seven catches on the year. Um, Clayton Toon, backup quarterback. Owen Popo. Popoe, who I like as a linebacker. Keytrail Clark in the sixth round is their starting corner. And Dante Stills, who was a rush crush out of West Virginia, they got in the sixth round. He's probably going to be starting this week because the guy in front of him, Ledbetter, is out. So you're starting one, two, three. You've got potentially four rookies starting for this team. That's not ideal, playing against the best team in the NFL. Now, and the, the, the statement always goes like this in the coaching world. This is a shared from Mac Brown always used to say this hashtag hook them horns. Um, you know, people would always say like, oh, you're young. That's good. Yeah. But if you're young and bad, that's not a good thing. You got to be young and good. Otherwise, those guys are just going to be around longer and they're not any good. So I do think that they have some good young players. Even Paris Johnson, who I really, really like, he hasn't looked good yet. And he's dealing with an ankle injury. Has not looked good. It really hasn't yet. Now, eventually, I think that he will, but we'll see. Now, before we dive in depth, let's get through all the ranks and all that stuff of the Cardinals' defense. I don't know what you're doing this weekend. If you're going to the Niners game, you sure as heck better come party with us. Going to 49ers games is awesome, but what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful joining the community, and we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together, night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Go see the full list of all 12 games, both home and away, that we will be working on. And remember, every single event we do is family-friendly. Not only family-friendly, but kids get in free with a ticketed adult. 18 and under, get in free. Uh, if you want to see where we're at, we're over in the blue lot, right up against Democracy Way exit. Man, come have a good time. We will be set up. So here's kind of how the whole system works. They don't open the parking lots until three and a half hours before kickoff. 
However, we get to set up an hour before that. We have early entry, which is awesome. Uh, shout out to the Niners for hooking us up. So we get there. We get everything set up. Food's cooking. Beer's cold. Everything as soon as you get in. And so that way, whenever you walk in, you've got the maximum amount of, you know, tailgate time, fun time, all that stuff, the giveaways. We got it off the charts. Again, if you just blue lot one up against the Democracy Way fence uh, right by the exit, come say what's up excited about this one um now let's talk about the cardinals defense pretty average in most things okay so remember all these are out of 32 teams 16th in points 26th in yards they give up a lot of yards seventh in turnovers and th that's kind of been their thing one they played dak prescott so that's going to help them out big time because dak's the turnover machine eighth and fumbles recovered 29th in first downs Ben, don't break. That's their mindset. That's who they've always been. That's who Gannon was in Philly. That's who he is now. A lot of yards, which is what the Niners want to do offensively. They want long, sustained drives. Uh, 15th in passing touchdowns allowed. 7th in interceptions. They've got three so far. It's pretty good. 26th in rush yards allowed. Are you kidding me? Uh, 19th in rushing touchdowns allowed. 26 in yards per rush. They're giving up 4.6 yards per rush against the bad teams, against the Commanders, against the Giants. They had Saquon. And against the Cowboys, they had Tony Pollard. So, yeah, you got some good, talented running backs. None of those guys are CMC. You didn't have any games against Kyle Shanahan. 29th on third downs. They give up 50% third down conversion rate. Not good. Not good. 14th in the red zone. Um, it's just... I don't know. It, whenever I'm looking at this, and you know, we already played that kind of clip on the Cardinals defense, Kyle Shanahan talking about them. It's just hard to find quality players. Kaiser White's awesome. And if you watch that Cowboys game, he was up in Dak's face the whole time. I hope he brings that same energy this week. Um, I want to fight. I want to rumble. This game's personal for a lot of the 49ers. And so I want him to charge up Purdy because I want to see what Purdy's going to do to somebody that's trash talking in his face. Bring out the beast that is Purdy. I, I do not mind at all. Uh, and so I would really, really, really like to see this. Now, sticking with Brock Purdy, he was asked this week, okay, last week you were blitzed all the time. Cards don't blitz that much. So here's Brock Purdy talking about going against the blitz last week in the Cardinals defense this week. Yeah, um, you know, Last week, it was almost like every single play, we had to have an answer for some kind of blitz or, or all out. Um, you know, this week, it's a little different. Um, you know, they do, you know, show some, some uh, you know, pressures in certain scenarios. But for us, man, it's like, all right, here's what they do defensively. And, you know, we got to attack that. It is different than all the pressures and whatnot from last week. But um, still, it's going to be a solid defense. What they do, they do it well. They're consistent in what they do. And, um, you know, they're very well coached. So... It's a new challenge, but um, still there's some things that, you know, are similar in terms of, like, you know, we just got to be ready for some things just in case. I do think it's funny they keep playing three, four teams. Every single game we played against is an odd front, um, which, you know, it's, it's just different. It's different. Now, players. We talked Kaiser White. Victor Dimekeji, uh, who I really like out of the edge, he's 18th ranked pff edge he's done really really well but they rotate so many guys they do not have their defensive front is similar to the niners but they rotate even more than we do they just don't have the studs jalen thompson their safety not bad now 
Let's talk about bad players that you can exploit. It's pretty damn hard to find anybody that's qualified or a stud on this defense. Their entire defensive line is in the bottom half of their position. Uh, strong is 74th out of 128 defensive tackles. Not good. Fotu, Le uh, Le Lecky Fotu is his name. 74th, he's tied. They both have a 56.8 PFF grade. You're putting in Dante Steels for Ledbetter, who was their best player. You could run on this team. You really, really can. And a big reason why... A big reason why the Cardinals are not as good in the second half is because if you lean on them, they can't stop you. So if you if you're behind the Cardinals, watch out. You've got to figure something out. And that was what the Cowboys had a problem with. They had to rely on Dak Prescott. Whenever you have to do that, you're going to lose the game, especially if it's a pressure situation. That's just not who he is. Him and Kirk Cousins are the same. We are good in pressure situations, and we're usually out front. So, you know, at some point this year, the Niners are going to have to come back from being, you know, trailing. This ain't going to be the game. But at some point, we're going to have to see it. I do think that the Niners can handle it with all the firepower and the defense they have. But this game ain't going to be it. Their corners are terrible. Wilson and Clark ranked 77th and 96th out of corners, uh, 105 corners graded. Really, really, really bad. They run the 3-4 scheme. I, I went through and just started charting their coverages. Uh, quarters was their number one, but they want two high safeties. They want cover two. They do a Tampa two. They do a man under two. They do a man off two. They, they do a two deep, five under. Cover two halves is what they want to do. Saw some quarters, saw some cover six. I even saw Amoeba defense, which was fun. Took me back to uh, high school days. That's where everybody's moving around. You know what I mean? Nobody's like you had one guy set, and all the linebackers and D linemen are just rotating around, standing up. Dak got confused, got a penalty off of it. Uh, again, big difference between Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. I understand Dak might be a more talented thrower, and he's accomplished more, but whenever it comes to protecting the ball, Dak is the worst in the NFL. When it comes to pressure situations, Dak is the worst in the NFL. So Dak hate, I know it's always welcomed here, but yeah, it's what it is right here. Yeah, Josh says, too high safety, we run it all day. Now what they do a lot of times, which I thought was fun, is man, they confuse Dak consistently because they'll be in a too high safety look. They'll robber one safety down and their nickel will fall back to the cover two or their outside corner will fall back to the cover two. So a safety is shooting into the box or a linebacker. They'll do this with Kaiser White, the true Tampa two, with which we see a lot with Fred Warner where he drops the deep third. Um Erlacher kind of made famous, right? Uh, they'll do a lot of those those concepts. So it looks like a two-safety look, but one will shoot down and a corner will replace or something along those lines a lot. So a lot of the pre-snap reads, yeah, Josh, I'm with you. It's going to be run the damn ball. It's going to be run the ball. And I think that's what the Niners want to do. Alberto, he says, what's, what's fab? He says, what fab? Good morning, bang, bang, Niner gang. I think that rhymed. I messed it up the whole time, but that's what it is. They did protect the bootleg very well against the Cowboys. They sit that outside edge guy. They do not have them crashing on the dive. And so if that's the case, backside A gap, backside B gap is going to be open all day for any type of handoffs and you carry out that fake boot. Man, if they're going to have those, those edge players sit, Christian McCaffrey's vision's A1. And that's just what it's going to be. They don't blitz much. They blitz 12 times versus the Cowboys, 12 versus the Giants, 8 against Washington. 
They're kind of NFL average blitz rate. Last week, Brock was blitzed 31 times. <laughs> it's not going to be anywhere around that at all. And I did think almost all of their run game specialty was the C gap is always, it's terrible. Like, I thought it was awful. I, I really, really did. Like, they got bullied. A gap, they're pretty stout. It's an odd front, so you got a nose on most plays. B gap was decent. That's the gap between the guard and the tackle. But C gap. The gap between the tackle and the tight end. It's their biggest vulnerability against the Cowboys, who, let's be honest, they do not have Trent Williams. They do not have George Kittle. So the Cowboys were able to exploit that. Guess what? Yeah. Kittle and even Warner, uh, Charlie Warner, who I think has been blocking really, really well. That's there, too. So it, it's interesting. It's hard to match their strength against our weakness. Not sure what our weaknesses are, but it just does not look correct. Like the whole time again, back to this question. How do they win this game? How do I find a script for them to win this game? And outside of, you know, being probably plus three in the turnover margin and having a lot of big explosive plays, it's pretty damn hard to create a narrative for how the world they're going to be able to do to the 49ers what they did to the Giants. Um, that's just what it is. Now, if you want to go back through and watch some of the past plays, player breakdowns, all those things, the number one way to support this show, the 49ersrush.com. I am so excited to announce our new platform launch, the 49ersrush.com. We've been active on Patreon for years, and we're still going to keep that community going, but the 49ersrush.com has everything Patreon offers and a bunch more. You want to watch player breakdowns? Guess what? You click that. It's filtered based on players. You want to see Javon Hargrave, what he brings, some CMC tape broken down, IU, Jair Brown. We've got hundreds and hundreds of tapes. on. Now, you want football 101. You want to learn scheme? Guess what? We've got every single offensive, defensive, special team snap. Head over to the 49ersrush.com, sign up, join the community, and plus we got a seven-day free trial. So. All right, so let's talk their offense. It's it's simple. They're 12th in points, 18 in yards. They're average. Six in turnovers. They've protected the ball well. They only have two turnovers. Um, and no interceptions thrown. Another quarterback that we're playing that hasn't thrown an interception, uh, just so you know, 49ers will be getting an interception this year, uh, this week. It's going to happen. It's consistent. 18th and first downs, below average, 27th pass yards, 24th passing touchdowns, 16th yards per attempt, 11th in rush attempts. They run the ball, and they run the ball well. 6th in rush yards, 4th in rush touchdowns, 2nd in rush yards per attempt. A lot of that was they had 90 rush yards in the first quarter versus the Cowboys. Finished with over 200 yards rushing against the Cowboys. Cowboys soft as hell, man. Um, they just blew them up. Now. 16th in red zone. So uh, they're not a good offense, but they have run the ball successfully. Now here's the man himself, Steve Wilkes, who, golly, I love this guy, and I'm so glad that we added him. This was his press conference yesterday talking about what his summary was on the Cardinals offense. Jonah, uh, good football team, very good football team. Uh, after watching the tape, uh, impressed with every facet uh, of their offense uh, when it comes to uh, running the football, 
uh, they do it well. Uh, a lot of respect for Connor. Um, respected him when he was with the Steelers, and uh, he's still running the ball hard. Um, Dobbs, um, when you look at his play, hasn't turned the ball over. Does a great job protecting the ball. Um, can put it in the right spot. They have two great receivers in Hollywood and you know Rondell that can take the top off and uh, do a great job getting on the perimeter with the uh, jet sweeps. So, um, and the offensive line doesn't get enough credit uh, up front with uh, DJ Humphreys, and I'm very impressed with their tight ends being able to block uh, as well as get down the field and stretch, uh, stretch the field in the passing. Yeah, and so they do everything simple. It's a very simplified, chill offense. Do they have some studs? They do. It starts with James Conner. Dude's running hard. He's healthy. Uh, he's mean as hell. He's the second highest rated player uh, running back on PFF. Number one, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Dobbs, uh, 68.4 PFF score. He's the 19th rated quarterback. He's not turning the ball over. Marquise Brown, speed. Um, you know, Hernandez, their right guard, Will Hernandez. We played against a lot of times. Not too concerned about we're better across the board. There's no doubt about that. And, and I love this. You know, everybody put it in there. You got to stop the run. You got to stop the run. You got to respect Dobbs in the run game. That's huge. All those things matter. And, you know, you look at kind of what they've done. Like, okay, let's let's talk about their old line. You, you just heard Wilkes say, you know, they're underrated and they're not getting the respect they deserve. They haven't. A, a moving quarterback, a mobile quarterback, corrects a lot of issues. And Dobbs is tough as hell. He's playing with nothing to lose. It reminds me so much of Geno last year early on. Is There's not a lot of film on him. He's an NFL journeyman, hasn't had any success. Now he's getting a chance on a you know average team to below average team. And he's found some success early. The more and more tape that gets out on him, though, things start to change. And their old line's not great. Their left guard, Wilkinson, has a 33.7 PFF score. He's allowed seven pressures, four hurries, two quarterback hits, and one sack. Sack numbers are low because Dobbs has been running a lot. But you look at kind of what their personnel is. They're still an 11-personnel team. You know, under Kingsbury, they were 10 personnel, one running back, zero tight ends. Now they're 11, one running back, one tight end. And really... They they do like to mix it up a little bit with their formations. Rondell Mel more their wide receiver will be in the backfield and they'll split out Connor or Keontae Ingram or whatever. Like they'll they'll move it around. But I'd say sixty percent of the time they're in eleven personnel. Some twelve personnel with two tight ends. And they had a lot of success with that against Dallas. You don't want us going big. You want us going with our five two front. You want us going with you know Oren Burks out there instead of Isaiah Oliver. Be my guest. Uh, Burks freaking killed it last week. And so I, I would love that. Saw 13 personnel, one play, but it was a huge touchdown because Dallas is soft. It's just what it is. A lot of man-beater routes is their concept. Speedy wide receivers, I saw in the chat. Um, that, that That's kind of what they do. And so uh, apologies, I, I missed it on the, the chat there. But, um, yeah, it, it's rough. It, it's rough. It's so Speedy, small, wide receivers. They're not overly physical. They are in the run game. Pass game finesse. And so you're matching this very physical run game with somebody like Zach Ertz, who doesn't like contact and soft. Uh, last year, we, last week, we played Darren Waller. Doesn't like contact, soft. He's a wide receiver in a big person's body. Messed him up. Zach Ertz, we'll see. We'll see what that is. 
Uh, Dobbs, I think one of the best things he does is spot man coverage. He he torched the Cowboys because he was able to tell where the blitz was coming from. He was able to identify man-on-man coverage, and he attacked it. He's playing with nothing to lose. He got nothing to lose, and it's working out for him. They don't throw deep often. Um, we've only thrown three <laughs> deep balls last week. No touchdowns, no interceptions, only 9% of dropbacks, 38% play action. They want him moving. Everything is a play pass. They're moving a lot. 15% screens, that's higher than the 49ers. We run a lot of screens. And, of course, zone read. That's what they're going to do. Um, that, that's just what they... Every big play that they had last week was right at Micah Parsons. That was their coaching. That was their entire game plan. We're going right at 11. They run right at 11. The five biggest runs of the game were straight at um, number 11, Micah Parsons. The biggest rush plays from Micah, uh, from Dobbs were right at. They didn't even block him. Now, if you're going to do that to Nick Bosa, you're in trouble. Bosa's way better in the run. Way better. So, like, uh, you got to be careful there. You got to be careful there. And, you know, my biggest issue with the Cardinals, again, is from a personnel standpoint. They just don't, right? It's X's and O's or Jimmy's and Joe's. In, In a perfect world, you want both. You want a great scheme, and you want blue chip players that can execute that scheme. That's the Niners, right? What is it? Is it Kyle Shanahan or is it all the skill players? Or is it both? I think it's both. You look at what the Cardinals are doing right now. I think a lot of what they're doing is just X's and O's. They're not doing it with Jimmy's and Joe's. And once that scheme gets figured out, that's where the issues come in. Well, guess what? The Niners just had 11 days to to learn all this stuff. All the new faces, all the new schemes. They've had time. And so I think that's huge. Alan, he says, what's up, John? Became a new member the other day. Appreciate you, man. I love that. Uh, They used the Rats game plan. Yep, I've heard that one before. Run at the stud. Tara, what's up, man? Always good to be with you, buddy. Um, And yeah, I think, go ahead, run at Bosa. I dare you. You're not going to have the same result that you did in Micah Parsons. They are built different. Not saying Micah Parsons is bad. I'm saying Micah Parsons is finesse. And he is crazy explosive. Nick Bosa is a technician that reads blocks better than almost any other defensive end in the NFL and has as many tackle for losses as he does safety or sacks. So, like, yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> run at him. Tara says it would be perfect for them to run at Bosa. Drake's backside speed will get him. Yeah, I don't know what their game plan is going to be this week, to be honest with you. Now, if I look at matchups, one of my favorite things, and again, back to the Jimmys and Joes things, I want to know their best versus our best. Pretty damn hard to find out this week. Nick Bosa versus Paris Johnson is going to be fun. He's a top 10 pick. Rookie. Banged up, though. Both played at Ohio State. That's going to be fun to watch for us. Probably not for them. Rookie about to learn. You about to learn. (laughs) You about to learn. Charvarius Ward versus Marquise Brown. That's going to be fun. Super soft. Fast finesse, physical technician. Mm, that's gonna be fun. Uh, Warner versus J- James Cotter. Oh my gosh, that that's probably the best one. Physical against physical, and then Drake Greenlaw versus Josh Dobbs. Now, somebody asked, would I would I put Greenlaw to spy on Dobbs? 
some plays I probably wouldn't come out in the first quarter and do that. If if Dobbs starts running free, then you would do that. That's the adjustment that you go to, maybe second, third drive, but not right off the bat, no. Um, and, you know, Wilkes was asked, I, I've been huge on Drew Greenlaw. You guys know that. I'm not changing anything about him. I went back. I broke down the penalty. Hey, uh, let's talk about the penalty real quick. Let's time out. Let's do this. I, I added a one-minute clip. And if you listen to the podcast view, I think I'm going to explain this relatively well. Then we're going to listen to Wilkes talk about the same penalty and what he wants from Dre Greenlaw this week. So we got two clips. I'll show one, talk about it a little bit. Then I'll show um, Wilkes' interpretation of it. So this is up over on the 49ersrush.com, and it's over in our breakdown um, on our Patreon channel as well. This was the penalty last week from Dre Greenlaw because they said he hit him after the whistle. Just want to talk about this Dre Greenlaw personal foul. Here you can see him coming to hit the guy. This is the official, and you can see his right hand. Look at that. Still does not have his whistle even in his mouth. And you can see right here, hasn't raised his hand to signify the end of the play yet. Just started. You can see the cheek muscles. Come on, man. Contact's already being made. Hands just now coming up. Contact's already been made. And then he throws the flag. No helmet to helmet. No anything. I mean, that he, he's hitting him in the arm. Look at that. You see the cheek muscles. That is a BS call. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I'm sending. Look at this. Whistle's not even in his damn mouth. I'm sending this to the NFL saying, hey, y'all missed this one big time. That is not a penalty at all. If you want him to stop, you got to blow that whistle. I mean, right there. He just started right there. Contact's being initiated. That is not a penalty in the NFL. And didn't lead with his head. Head didn't even make contact with him. Didn't land on top of him. And like it, it was, it's Kyle Shedd had said, yeah, it was bad. We sent it to the NFL is wrong. You know, Drake Greenlaw's getting all of these reputation calls. And here's Steve Wilkes talking about exactly that same penalty. And if he wants Greenlaw to change anything, well, let, let me first of all uh, mention that the one that they, that they call. Uh, it's very apparent on the tape that the guy was still up, and uh, I didn't see the whistle being blown. So uh, we accept the penalty. They called it, uh, but I, I thought he was still in, in legal play for his making that hit. Uh, I definitely never want to take away his aggressive play. Uh, that's who he is as a player. Uh, we always talk about protecting the team. That's what Kyle mentions each and every day. Uh, and you get a fine line with some of these quarterbacks that run the ball. Sometimes, you know, they're sliders. Sometimes they stay up. You know, Dobbs is a guy, if you watch him on tape, he's not sliding. So uh, we got to be ready to hit. That, so, like, that's – I remember I was I was breaking down. I was cutting the clip to that press conference up, and whatever he said, you know, Dobbs doesn't slide. Dobbs runs. Trey Greenlaw's at his best against mobile quarterbacks. You look at somebody like uh, the Giants quarterback, he runs all the time, Daniel Jones. He didn't run against us. He tried it twice. Trey Greenlaw was there both times, and then he said, I'm not doing that anymore. Dobbs, I love that man. I, I really do like his personality. I like his work ethic. I like his play style. I think he's maximizing his talent. I am concerned if he goes out there this week and tries to do that same stuff that he does and not slide and not protect himself. You just heard the defensive coordinator and you heard Kyle Shanahan earlier this week. I don't have the clip. Do not go easy on this man. Do not pull back. Continue to bring the violence. I don't want to see that. And that's, 
that's the thing that scares me because if Dobbs goes out there and tries to tough guy this, Drake Greenlaw going to kill him. He's going to kill that dude. And I don't want that. I really don't want that. Um, so Cardinals got to kind of decide here and Dobbs got to decide, you know, obviously he's going to have to run some, but man, when five sevens coming, five sevens coming to kill him. And it's just, oh yeah, man, I'm excited. I love this too. BM. He says, I like how our front office has green laws back. They chose him over Aziz and Aziz is incredible, but Greenlaw does something nobody else in the NFL does. He changes the way people play. You don't play the same way against this guy. And so that's why everybody's like, oh, the running thing and all that kind of stuff. And James Conner's just, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, but you're talking physical on physical. Nobody's going to choose James Conner over Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, right? And it, it, even if you did, then you look at the defensive line versus their offensive line. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah, I just, I, I, I <laughs> Josh, bring the violence, man. It's why we love football. Yeah, it's what it is. Al says, can Oren Burks cover for Greenlaw to spy on Dobbs? Yeah, I think that you can do that. I don't think we're going to be in a lot of 4-3, though. So I think we're going to be in a lot of nickel. I think this is going to be a heavy Isaiah Oliver game because they do so much 11 personnel, one tight end, one back. Um, and so if that's the case, yeah, what, what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to spot drop Dre Greenlaw, that 5-7 and seven, to get in that hook-to-curl zone. And whenever you're doing that zone drop with our linebackers, they're looking at the quarterback. They're looking up. And so what I don't want to see is a lot of man coverage from our backers where they turn their back to the quarterback. So you don't need to blitz this week. And Wilkes even talked about that. Don't need to blitz. We want to get pressure with our four. If we can't get pressure with our four, then you make the adjustments and you do some blitzing and stunts and all that stuff. But if you are able to keep Dre Greenlaw's eyes forward instead of in man coverage, going to be dangerous. Um, it's going to be dangerous. It's just what it's going to be. So yeah, Bobby right here says, I don't think we need to spy Dobbs. I would not do that early. That's an adjustment you practice for. Uh, man coverage is an adjustment you practice for. You go out and do your thing, force him to dice you up like Matt Stafford did in the first half, but could he do it for the whole game? No, Dobbs ain't no Stafford. He's not. So you got to try to make him do what he doesn't want to do. It's the Napoleonic War Code, right? Never do what your enemy wants you to do. What is What, what do the Cardinals want you to do? They want us to play man coverage. That's what they want. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. For small, consistent, repetitive play, stop the run first. Limit the big plays. It's very, very simple. Um, Bobby, sticking with it. Oliver been handling his business. He has. It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday, Isaiah Oliver, number 2-6. And, you know, Oliver's the tell of two halves. And so I've learned through going through every single play multiple times. First half, Isaiah Oliver is one thing. Second half, it just takes a while to heat up. That's it. He's a dynamite in the second half. He's amazing on third downs. First half, uh, <laughs> you got to be a little careful with them. Itchy. Greenlaw is the only linebacker we have close to the combination of power and speed Willis had. Fred's not far behind him. He's not far behind him. Uh, but yeah, we have been spoiled. Yeah, back to 
The NFL announced just a couple weeks ago their finalists for the Hall of Fame in the modern era category. We have six linebackers up for the Hall of Fame at the same damn time. At the same time. Plus the two that we have now. That's just a trip, man. Bobby, he says, what's the info on your tailgate tomorrow? I want to drop in. Yes, I appreciate that, man. We've got bacon, guacamole burgers, uh, cheeseburgers. Going to have a blast. We've got dogs if you don't want that. We've got all kinds of sides, beer, tequila, uh, house margaritas. we got a whole pitcher for, full. Uh, head over to 49ersrushroadtrip.com if you want your tickets. Um, we are taking walk-ups this week. The Cowboys game, we probably will not. We're going to be sold out of that one. I want to make sure everybody has enough food and drinks. That's probably the biggest challenge in throwing all these parties is you never know how much, how many people are actually going to be there because people always wait till last minute to buy their tickets. But we're over in the blue lot. So come by. You'll see the flags. Come say what's up. Um, and again, you know, I say this all the time. Do not allow money to be an issue to not come have a good time with the community. Um, just reach out to us. 40 hours rush road. Uh, 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll put you to work. You can work and help us set up or tear down or serve or something along those lines to cover your your price of whatever, and we'll take care of you. So we want you to be a part. If you have the money you can't support, that helps the show. Um, and say what's up to my kiddo. My son's going to be out there working. I'm excited about that, going to be going to the game with me. Uh, you'll see the 15-year-old out there. That's what's up. Uh, so, so excited about that. Excited about that. Um, let's see here. Let's get to some of these fun connections between these two teams. Uh, because there's a lot. Kaiser White, uh, and Colton McKivitz, they were together at West Virginia. So was Dante Stills. And so they didn't play together, but Dante Stills is going against Colton McKivitz, both West Virginia guys. That's going to be a fun matchup. Fro, Fro Holt, uh, their center and Brandon Allen were together at Arkansas. Cleveland Farrell, Ray Ray, Austin Bryant, and Kayvon Wallace at Clemson. Charlie Warner, Jonathan Ledbetter, who's now out. Um, they played together at Georgia. Georgia, Oklahoma. This will make you happy, Tommy. Um, Braden Willis and Hollywood Brown. They were together there at OU. Uh, Going to get spanked in the Red River rivalry uh, next week. Go Texas, baby. Already five-point favorites, which, man, that's not much. We're going to blow them out by way more than that. Jalen Graham, Rondé Moore were together at Purdue. Um D Winters and D Mercado were together at TCU, and we've got the awesome UTSA Roadrunners hookup here. Kevin Strong and Spencer Burford, they were together at that time. And USC, who I think is playing right now, Hufunga and Keontae Ingram, who transferred from Texas. Uh, they are out there together. So the USC brothers, they used to practice against each other all the time, and I love to see that. Now is the time that I know you guys are excited about. Let's go through some of our bets of the week. Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun with my bookie. NFL College Ball, brand new cash out system that gives you the best options to win all season long. You hit the first two legs of your parlay, guess what? You can cash out early, place another bet, or let it ride for a bigger payday. Join us the entire season at mybookie.ag, or you can scan the QR code right next to me. The link is in the description of this video and or podcast, however you're watching or listening. But... Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code 49ers49ERS on your first deposit of 50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's 49ERS, that's the promo code, to claim your bonus now. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I mean anywhere. You can bet anywhere. I've lived in California for eight years. Bet anywhere. I mean it. Head over there with 
my bookie. All right, uh, quick question, John. What about walk-ups for the 49ers-Jaguars game? Go buy your ticket. We got Fred, I'm sorry, we've, we've got Frank Gore coming to that party. So we do have a capacity there. Tickets are 20 bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks. Come hang out with freaking Frank Gore and the faithful. Are you kidding me? Um, so I strongly do not recommend waiting to buy tickets on um, our, our Jaguar stuff. That's going to be the biggest party of the year. We have 450, 450 plus people at our party for Pittsburgh. Um, that Jaguars game is the closest Niners game to like 10 states. I would not wait on that one personally, but maybe we're, we're as much space as we have for that party. I want to get people in there to meet the legend. Um, you know, we'll sell autograph stuff and stuff later, but 20 bucks to get in. It, it costs that cover at the place that we're at anyway, even without having Frank Gore there. So I strongly recommend getting those. So yeah, right there. First ballot Frank Gore. That's right, baby. That's right. Now my book is weird this week uh, because nobody knows what to do with Debo. And so it has the fewest prop bets, it has the fewest all those things. Now, we were able to find a lot of really, really good bets, and I'm going to be posting those on the49ersrush.com and our Patreon channel as soon as this video ends. Uh, I'll have those up so you can go check those. But I wanted to share a couple bets with you guys that I really, really liked. Um, just on here, just some bonuses. George Kittle scored five touchdowns in his last three games versus the Cardinals. You know, you bet Kittle to score one touchdown, bet five to win eight. You get plus money, plus odds on that one. I like that one a lot. Um, 49ers to be minus a half a point after the first quarter. Niners always start fast. So do the Cardinals, though. So do the Cardinals, though. That's another bet that I really, really like. And if you want my long, uh, kind of long shot bet, which, again, you take this for whatever you want. Kyle Juszczyk touchdown this game. I think it's time. I do think it's time. It's 302 days since Kyle Juszczyk caught the very first touchdown pass from Brock Purdy. Bet two to win 22. Uh, so it's a long shot bet. We don't bet too much on those. But, uh, yeah, if you want to go check those out, our full list of bets for the entire week are going to be posted there. As soon as this show's over, I'm posting those over there, uh, the49ersrush.com and our Patreon channel, which we have seven-day free trials up. So you can go check those out. Now, we started this show asking, will the 49ers cover the spread 14 points? It's a lot. We've got several, uh, over 100, what do we got? 131 votes. Uh, 72% says, yes, the 49ers will. 21 says, no. 8% says they will win by exactly 14. Here's my predictions. And I'm going to say this. This is the largest spread in the NFL this week for a reason. People in the desert understand. You look at the matchups, we'll see. We'll see. This is a personal game for the 49ers now. It's in our home now. The Cardinals have had a great first half, three weeks in a row, but I think that stops this week. I really, really do. 49ers are going to score first. The 49ers are going to control this game from early on. Now, the Cardinals are going to have some success. They're a good football team. But at the end of the day, they're just beat on the board and they're beat on the field with talent. It's just what it is. I cannot find a way. For the Cardinals to get to 20 points, unless they have a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown, all those things. Even if the Cardinals, if you told me today, the Cardinals are going to be two turnovers to none. So the Cardinals force the 49ers to have two turnovers. And 49ers force zero turnovers. I still think the 49ers win. They're just that much better of a team. 
CMC is going to be used like it was week one and week two. I love Jordan Mason, and I hope that he gets, you know, those carries with Elijah Mitchell out. But I'm telling you right now, Shanahan is not going to pull punches on this damn game that's in division. CMC is going to be used like a madman. Just what it is. I do think, I don't like doing negative predictions, but I do think that Brock Purdy's finally going to have a turnover, whether it's an interception or a fumble or something. It's just, he's gotten, not that he's gotten lucky. He protects the ball better than almost anybody. But I do think like, man, it's, it's time. The NFL is just weird. And eventually turnovers happen. And so I'm predicting a Brock Purdy turnover, but it doesn't matter. I still think Brock Purdy gets his two touchdown streak. I've got the Niners crushing this game 34 to 13. So I've got them winning by three touchdowns. You know, my initial prediction was like 33 to 17, 30 to 17. But then I was just like, man, I, I, I struggle seeing them get two touchdowns. I could see them getting those extra field goals. That makes a little more sense to me. I, I just don't, I'm so I don't respect this matchup. I don't. And maybe they're able to catch a flash early. And maybe they're able to stick around a little bit early. I don't see it, guys and gals. I, I really, really don't. I, I like this. 34-13, that's what I said, Josh. We are in simpatico. Look at Sid. She says, yes, yeah, speak it into existence. It's just a better team. Coming off a mini bye week, I understand Debo might not play. I do think Debo suits up, but we'll see. I don't think it's dependent upon that, though. Because even if Debo's out, you're just going to see more CMC, more Kittle. Ray Ray has been incredible out there. Might be a better run blocker than Debo. Ronnie Bell, I like Ronnie Bell a lot. And what he was able to do last week was incredible. Chris Conley, Willie Sneed, both those guys coming in. They're all probably better blockers than Debo. Not, you know, dynamic and all those things, but I it doesn't matter. This team... I'm excited, man. And I, I think, yeah, right here, Thomas, what's up, man? He says, you know, after the Cardinals beat the Cowboys, I sus uh, suspect our guys will be out to prove a point. They 100. This is a personal game. This is personal. They're going to mess them up, man. I'm really concerned for Josh Dobbs. I really hope he slides. I really do. I do not want to see that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> so. I'm pumped. Niners going to go out there. I'm excited. If you're coming out to the game, come say what's up to our tailgate. Please come say what's up. If you see me at the gate, please say hi. That is my opportunity to thank you for all the support. It's very important to me because y'all see my face. I don't get to see y'all's faces. So if you see me in my son of the game, just say, hey, what's up, Chapman? Allow me to come over and just say thank you for all the support. It means a lot to me. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Now it's time to uh, start loading up and get everything ready for the tailgate. And I will see a bunch of you guys out there excited. Niners going to take care of business tomorrow. They're going to make a statement. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.